Over the past six decades, NATO has held together and grown, but not without its share of controversy and dissent. Long months after the war's end, streets that once teemed with life and traffic lie stricken and dead in the heart of once great cities. The scene is Europe, a few years after the surrender of Germany in 1945. From the historic pulpit where the Nazi doctrine of destruction was preached, Hitler's balcony, a sightseeing Russian soldier looks out on what is left of Germany today. In 1949, after two world wars, Europe was in shambles, and the communist Soviet Union had become the most powerful military force on the continent. The democracies of Western Europe, fearing for their security, asked the United States to join them in a permanent political alliance. But the United States would not accept that. Lawrence Kaplan is a history professor at Georgetown University. We did not want to make that kind of, of obligation, which would indeed have broken with, with the past. We didn't want to join a European alliance. For over 140 years, the United States had made a principle of avoiding entanglements with foreign powers. But the British and French were so persistent, and so the North Atlantic becomes the key term to get away from the notion that this was joining Europe. Europe was joining us in a, in a very specific way. We will now proceed to the signing of the North Atlantic Treaty. The treaty shall enter into force between the states which have ratified it, including the ratifications of Belgium, Canada, France, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, and the United States. U.S. President Harry Truman explained his decision to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO, as part of the struggle between communism and democracy, known increasingly then as a Cold War. Men with courage and vision can still determine their own destiny. They can choose slavery or freedom, war or peace. I have no doubt which they will choose. The treaty we are signing here today is evidence of the path they will follow. If there were an attack on any one member of the alliance, each member would respond according to its constitutional processes. Well, that was Article 5, which is the critical article uh, in the North Atlantic Treaty. In addition to fears of Soviet aggression, European democracies also feared a resurgent Germany. Accordingly, NATO's founding secretary general, Lord Ismay, memorably described the purpose of the treaty in Europe as to keep the Russians out, the Americans in, and the Germans down. There was a secondary objective that deserves attention, and that was to reorganize Europe, to see to it that there never would be uh, World War III or another self-destructive war such as Europe has had so many times since the 17th century. This secondary goal eventually made it necessary to reconsider German membership in the alliance. The Germany that joined NATO was more specifically the Federal Republic of West Germany. East Germany at the time was a Soviet satellite state, and the border between the two was one of the great flashpoints of the Cold War. A different flashpoint lay far to the east. Korea had exploded into a violent civil war. Without warning, the North Korean communist troops had smashed across the 38th parallel into the Republic of Korea to the south. Thousands of civilian refugees clogged the roads, fleeing from the invading Reds. Lawrence Kaplan is a history professor at Georgetown University. The fear was, in June of 1950, that the Soviets were using the 
Asian conflict as a model for a European conflict in which the East Germans would play the role of the North Koreans and would invade West Germany. The uh, alliance was reorganized uh, from the very bottom. In other words, NATO became a, a military organization in addition to being a political organization. With passage through the Suez Canal imperiled, England and France issue a ceasefire ultimatum to Egypt and Israel. Egypt rejects it. Flying from Cyprus, English and French paratroopers lead a joint air-sea assault against Port Said at the canal's northern end. The troopers leap out... It was 1956. Tensions with Egyptian President Gamal Abdel Nasser over his nationalization of the Suez Canal sparked a dispute among NATO member states. At the Portsmouth Naval Base, Britain prepares for the worst in the Suez Crisis. President Nasser continues to defy the Western powers on his seizure of the canal and seeks the support of Russia and the Arab League countries. France and Britain bombed Cairo, while smaller NATO member states publicly conveyed their opposition to the attack. Another, greater challenge to NATO unity came 10 years later, when French President Charles de Gaulle quit the alliance and evicted its leadership and headquarters from his country. Relations soured between the U.S. and other NATO allies over the American war in Vietnam, which it fought until 1975. But later, Europe again looked to the United States for assurance. Since World War II, the record of tyranny has included Soviet violation of the Yalta agreements leading to domination of Eastern Europe, symbolized by the Berlin Wall, a grim, gray monument to repression that I visited just a week ago, and the ruthless repression of the proud people of Poland. Enter U.S. President Ronald Reagan. The new president had been an outspoken opponent of communism for decades. And uh, this both energized our allies, knowing that uh, under Reagan were very much on, on their side, and at the same time worried them. Were we going too far? Would we nudge the Soviets into some kind of military conflict. And that very night, for the first time since 1961, they made a hole in the Berlin Wall. The historic divide between East and West Germany was breached in 1989. This historic shift sparked obvious questions for NATO. The question rose in 1990 and in 1991, where do we go from here? Do we need NATO any longer? This was one of the options to dissolve the alliance. So we have this whole issue of how the future should play out, and the answer was that NATO would have to enlarge. Former Soviet satellite states, Hungary, Poland, and the Czech Republic, now newly minted democracies, joined the alliance in a moving ceremony in 1999. Clearly, NATO's job is different now than when we faced a single monolithic adversary across a single heavily armed frontier. But NATO's purpose is enduring. For if NATO can assure peace in Europe, it will contribute much to stability around the globe. A new European crisis emerged in the Balkans, in bloody ethnic wars among Serbs, Croats, and Bosnians after the breakup of Yugoslavia. Between 1992 and 1995, NATO intervened, first to support a UN peacekeeping mission, later to enforce a no-fly zone over Bosnia. 
NATO planes destroyed the Bosnian Serb communications network. They couldn't even make telephone calls. NATO's intervention culminated in 1995 in Operation Deliberate Force, an aggressive air campaign against Bosnian Serbs following the massacre of 8,000 unarmed civilians. Finally, in 1999, the conflict approached its climax. Just while NATO was celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of the alliance, war broke out in Kosovo. The Albanian majority in that district of Yugoslavia, uh, now Serbia, was subject to an attack by the Serbs. U.S. Ambassador Richard Holbrook was sent to meet with Serbian leader Slobodan Milosevic. Milosevic said to me at one point, are you crazy enough to bomb us over these issues we're talking about in that lousy little Kosovo? And I said, you bet, we're just crazy enough to do it. In any event, we have by the end of the century, an enlarged NATO, it could be growing even more as it would, uh, a Russia that was unhappy but uh, working with NATO up to a point and yet ready to challenge it when it could. Over the past decade, NATO's major commitments and greatest tensions have arisen from the ashes of September 11th. Today, our fellow citizens our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. NATO Secretary General George Robertson, days after the Twin Towers collapsed. At this critical moment, the United States can rely on its 18 allies in North America and Europe for both assistance and for support. Article 5, the critical article in the defense of the alliance, was summoned not to defend Europe, but to defend the United States, which was a wonderful irony. Unfortunately, that didn't last very long. NATO joined the United States in invading Afghanistan. But as a more prolonged campaign of nation-building set in, differences emerged between Europe and the U.S. over the scope of the operation. When the United States invaded Iraq in 2003, its longtime German and French allies stridently opposed the war. But by the time of the Arab Spring in 2011, when rebels in Libya faced a campaign of brutal suppression by the government of Muammar Gaddafi, it was Europe that pressed for intervention. The U.S., overextended militarily, was reluctant to take the lead. The United States did not want to get involved itself in Libya. And so the French, Italians, British did take the initiative. And uh, as we know, it succeeded. But what we also know is that we would, it would not have succeeded had the United States not provided the intelligence, uh, the weaponry, the money that our allies didn't have. This is the state of affairs in which NATO's member states will convene for a historic summit in Chicago. Afghanistan, Libya, and the future of the alliance will be among the burning issues at the table. And I think looking back over the 60-plus years' history of NATO, uh, you can look upon it with a great deal of appreciation that it, it, it ended America's non-entanglement, which I think had to be ended formally and was not in World War I or World War II, and it made for uh, new relationships economically and, and politically. 
that my own judgment is more positive than negative. But the future, in my view at least, should be less ambitious than it's been in the recent past. Want to learn more about NATO's history? Visit our website, americaabroad.org, to view a timeline of NATO's actions and an interactive map of NATO countries.